Extra pickles, no mac sauce. That's nice. Tommy pickles. Tommy pickles. We're in it. Wow, we're in it to win it. We're, we're going full sour pickle. We're going full full tilt poker today. Don Rickles. Don Rickles, pickles, Phil Mickelson. Welcome well, to episode, what is this? Episode 42, part 7? Episode 42, part 7. Thanks for bearing with us. We... Recorded two different on two different occasions last week, and one of them we had an issue with our recording provider, and then one of them was we had a Echo Unlimited. It was unbelievable. We had no Echo while we were recording, but after the fact, the Echo was uh, was too much. We couldn't put our bridge backs to that kind of episode. It, it was it was a tough week. Tough week for me on my end. Uh, it stung. I it was, tell you. It was a, it was a tough decision. It was definitely the Charlotte sting. Their WNBA team, I believe. I don't know if they if they exist anymore. But we downloaded the file. There was a bad echo. Tried to fix it in our post-production editing suite that we have. But ultimately, we decided we couldn't we couldn't really fix it, and we decided we couldn't subject their brazer back to that sort of ear pollution. Yeah. Now I'm just I'm just worried we have to do it again. I don't want to go through another another round of that. I'm, I'm scared. You're scarred. Mufasa. Jeremy Irons. I can never get my irons to work on the golf course. But yeah, you know what? This is this. It will make us stronger in the long run. We're 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 just podcasters. We're a couple comedy chefs. We're not we're not audio engineers. We're just out here cooking in the virtual pot kitchen. And uh, after forty one episodes, we ran into a couple glitches. We did. We ran into a bunch of rune glitchbergs. And we're comedy chefs, but chefs deal with this all the time. I mean, this is nothing compared to what restaurant chefs have been dealing with with this corona crisis they're they're cooking they're not cooking they're cooking to less people the whole industry is in jeopardy alex trebek trebeka believe it tribeca film festival becky hannon and it must be tough also in these restaurants if people they got to prepare all this food and sometimes people don't come in they don't they're not selling all the food they have all these leftovers or if they make a, a whole batch of food and it gets burnt gets undercooked it's, it's it's tough. It's not easy. It's it's built for tough, but that's not something we have to deal with because we're always cooking up great bits and people eat what we serve up. The bits are always good. It's just a matter of matter or not if we can deliver these bits. Like I think the the last episode, the the lost files was uh, was unbelievable. It was it was it was a great episode. I, I left there jazzed, Utah. But you know what? It was for us. It was for us. I also sent it to Phil Jackson because he said he was really sad he couldn't hear your reaction to his. Again, we'll we'll say it. We're not gonna. We'll do it. I guess at a later date. Our top nine for this lost episode was top nine Jewish foods. We're not saying the internet at large is anti-Semitic, but are we saying it? I don't know. It didn't want us to get this episode out. And it's possible. Phil Jackson was. He was devastated that he couldn't hear your reactions to his picks and before you texted I, I sent you the file and before you told me that the file was like corrupted i immediately texted phil being like this is an all-time phil's predictions i went absolutely nuts i, I my, my passion was so i'm glad that you sent him the file and he could he could hear it with an echo i was very let down because i had to tell him that we couldn't put out the episode i gave him blue balls yeah he's always coming out with the passion 
of the Phil Jackson. Exactly. That triangle of Christ. Yeah, that's right. That that's all in the past. We're we're focused on the future now, I think. Moving forward. You probably didn't see this on our Instagram. Top Razorback, Jack Schneck sent us that he had a sour taste in his mouth from no episode this week and sent a picture of a warhead. <laughs> yeah. I did I didn't see the picture, but I saw the text. Yeah. But the sour the sour warhead is like a it's a it's a it's a it's a delicious sourness. This this sour of us not putting out an episode last week, it, that's more of a sting. Leaves a little leaves a little uh it's gonna leave a mark. Sting in the police. Exactly. Yeah, I mean every breath I took last week, I made sure I didn't have shortness of breath because then, you know, I, I have probably COVID. had had COVID. But that's the end of that reference bit. Yeah. Eric Seidel, it's not on Instagram. We he texted me. He was like, "No episode this week." He was sad. Our nemesis was was upset about no episode. Well, that's the one bright spot for me. Then that's that's the one that's the one bright spot of not having an episode. Maybe getting a little. Uh... Oh, sorry, just threw my bat down on the. Uh... On the ground. I got fired up here inside. That was a little upset. Yeah, he wanted to let you know that he's been thinking about buying a steel baking sheet. I said his aluminum one couldn't handle the heat of his kitchen and was wondering what you thought. A steel baking sheet? I don't even know what that means. Ernie Steel? <laughs> Pittsburgh Steel baking sheet? I understand that. I, I use a lot of aluminum in my, in my kitchen and baking. But what, what kind of... Uh, is he, he's melting his aluminum? Like, what, what kind of things is he putting in that oven? Why is it so hot? I, I think he's Ernie Steele with this aluminum power bat. That was a great backyard baseball reference, but we discovered earlier that you didn't play that. But I don't I'm more know, a fun yard guy. I don't, I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds... I guess we... I think we have... I don't think we have steel or aluminum. We just have, like, baking sheets. What are they normally made of? Normal baking sheets. I, I, don't, I don't give a sheet, but I... I, I I feel like he said that he wants to get. The last time we heard from Seidel, he wants to get better at making mashed potatoes, and like searing his steaks. Is that it? He want to get a better sear on his steaks. Sears Tower, I think. Yeah. Deep dish. Love a deep dish. Network. TV. Dish TV. I'm yeah. We'll we'll get an update from him. I'm sure he'll listen to this and he'll let us. Romaine let us know. I'm I'm assuming Please. he's not putting any wedge salads in there, but. No, I don't. No one wants salad in the oven. No, I have seen uh, like romaine lettuce grilled on a, a barbecue. I've never uh, done it, but I've seen. I've seen it. I don't like that. That to me sounds like the fall of the romaine empire. <laughs> See, that opened your mind up. Maybe a, a grilled lettuce is not the worst thing in the world. It's probably okay. Yeah. This is actually a good transition to my highlight this week. It's not exactly a highlight at all, but it was so on the on brand Elton brand of Braze Bits that I felt like I had to share this as as my highlight. It involves a ongoing saga with my dad and ordering a specific food item. Lancy, Lancy wants shrimp cocktail. Let's get let's get it for the table. So it actually does involve shrimp. So I guess I'll start. By have you ever heard of shrimp franchise? I love shrimp franchise. So I'm a I huge need, fan. I need. I'm a huge friend. I love franchise. Give me that. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a franchise player. Mike Francesca. Give me that franchise tag. I'm gonna be valuable. But I never heard of shrimp franchise. But have you heard of ever heard of shrimp franchise on a hero? No, I have not heard of that. That sounds d- delicioso. You think it sounds good? Sure. I like shrimp franchise. I like chicken franchise. 
Throw that on the hero. What, what could be wrong with that? So I'm interested because you have said before that... Shrimp Parmesan is not... Yes, good. yes. Shrimp Parmesan is not... That's no good. Cheese on seafood, no way, Jose. But shrimp franchise, there's no cheese in there. Well, this is where it's going to get interesting. Oh, so I'll tell don't, you. don't put cheese on the franchise. Oh, so, so I'll tell the the whole the whole saga. So my dad is ordering lunch at his office. He he runs a small accounting firm, and they order lunch every now and again during the busy season. They order lunch all the time. They have kind of their rotation of restaurants that they order from. So this one restaurant, I won't say the names of these restaurants. There's no need to 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 pull them into this. Um, so. There's one restaurant they order a lot from. Um, this is on Long Island. On Long Island, there's a lot of places that are like, they're pizza places. I'm sure the same thing in Jersey. They're pizza places, but they're also like Italian. Yeah, an Italian menu. Italian-American restaurants, basically, that are yeah. also pizza places. So this is that. And he sees on the menu that they have shrimp franchise. That's like a dinner. And he says, I want shrimp franchise on a hero. So he, he calls them up and he says, could I... Has he had this before? At, in th- at this point, it doesn't appear that he's had it. He so, just had this idea in his head where, like, I want that. I want it on a hero. Exactly. So, so he calls him up and he says, hey, could I have the shrimp franchise dinner, but instead of the dinner, could I just have it on a hero? And the person answering the phone says, oh, we don't have that on the menu. And he says, well, you have the shrimp franchise dinner. Could you just put it on a hero? I'll pay the same price, even if it's, assuming the dinner's more money, he said, I'll, I'll pay the same price. And he says, I don't, I don't know if we could do that. So then he insists to talk to like the owner of the restaurant (laughs) and he tells the owner this and the owner says, we're not making that. (laughs) Wow. And he says, we've been ordering here for however many years. Uh, I don't know exactly if he threatened them saying that they're not going to come back, but he's like, you know, we've given you a business. What I guess, you know, kind of like a, a loose, loose threat of if you don't make this, then we're not going to be ordering from here as much. Wow. And the guy stands strong, says, we're not doing that. He says, all right. And apparently they just didn't order from, I think they're back to ordering from there, but it sounds like they didn't order from there for a while. Wow. So, then, so your, your dad is all worked up because of this, obviously. He's worked up. So this is where it, it's not over just yet. So there's a similar type of place like this in our hometown. And he goes there, and he this now he's in person going there, and he asks, there's some guy at the counter, and he asks him, hey, could I ask you a question? Could you make a shrimp franchise hero? And the guy says something along the lines of, well, we don't have it on the menu, but sure, I, I can make it for you. So sure. he makes it for him. Apparently, my dad loves it. And the guy says, if you ever want this, just ask for Tony. <laughs> And, wow. and Tony is the guy who makes the shrimp franchise hero. So we were there this past week at my parents' house, and they're ordering from this place. And this is my dad tells us the whole story. He's like, so he's like very adamant about it, kind of proud in terms of his dedication for, of the shrimp franchise. He's, he decides to order shrimp franchise for dinner at this place that we're ordering from. And I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm disgusted is too strong of a word but i think it's aggressive what i said with the original owner i said well he didn't make you the shrimp franchise but he maintained his dignity right he he knew that the shrimp franchise is not something that should go in a hero and wasn't comfortable putting it out even 
even if he was making money, clearly the hero is probably less expensive on, on the, the restaurant's end than the dinner, but there's some sort of dignity there. And then there's also the fact that you don't know if it's even going to be any good. And then it's just the, the principle of the matter. Right. I go both ways. I, I don't think I would enjoy a shrimp franchise hoagie or hero because I think the best part of franchise is the sauce. I like to dip right into the sauce. I feel like if they did a true, of like putting a shrimp franchise entree onto a hero, the hero would just be soaked in the franchise sauce. So they, they're, in order to not do that, they probably don't put as much sauce on, which wouldn't be true franchise style. Like I, I love dip, like the whole best part is this like lemony, buttery sauce that the shrimp chicken lays in. But you put that onto a, a hero, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. So I understand, but I also like the, the Italian restaurant owner who will make anything, who, who'll, who will bend over backwards for the customer. I love those kind of guys because in my family, we, we're very specific about certain orders and asking for certain things in the order, leave it out. So people, so restaurants that are accommodating, I, I like a lot more than ones that are more strict to their policies. So this is where it get, gets interesting. So last Thursday, I guess this was, we order, my family orders from this place where Tony makes the shrimp franchise. And my brother and I are not at this dinner. We had to go to a dinner for our friend who's getting married. So we weren't there, but Kate was there as, as well as my sister. And Don't they, tell me Tony's not there. They order over the phone. It doesn't sound, my sister orders, doesn't sound like Tony was, but it was no problem. The, the order was no problem. It comes. And no, I was not I was not there, but as it is recounted to me, it was just slathered in cheese, like a mozzarella potentially type cheese. And he eats the whole thing and he loves it. But Kate uh, relayed that it looked less like a shrimp franchise and more like mac and cheese on a hero. It was just so oh, covered in cheese. I and don't like that one. He, bit. He eats I, it. That sounds gross. He eats it all. He loves it. Kate's allergic to shrimp, so she particularly is not, yeah. you know, she's like staying away. Says, you know, he's getting shrimp on everything. And <laughs> what my sister and Kate realized what might have happened is they might have heard over the phone, not shrimp franchise, shrimp and cheese. Shrimp franchise hero? Was it franchise style though? Like, did it have like the breadcrumbs? Well, and... I don't know because it was, I wasn't there, number one. So I wasn't a, you know, I'm a yeah. secondary source. And number two, it seems like it was just lathered like, cheese. I but, like the cut of your dad's gym. I like, I like his style. He likes something and then he, he follows through. He gets, he wants, he gets what he wants. And, and even if it has cheese on, he's going to crush it. Shrimp franchise hero. Interesting. I might want to try it. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more. I want to try it. I think there's a little bit of what I have in terms of like, I don't even know how much he likes it. I feel like at this point he just likes to rile people up. Sure. I, I understand that. I, I can see that from a mile away. Yeah. That's, that's really funny. So I thought it, it hit so many Braze Bits notes that it had to be my, my head. Yeah. I, I definitely, the, the shrimp and cheese combination just makes me nauseous even, even here and there. Yeah, I mean, I th I think there is. I don't know if it works as a hero. Kind of was what you said. The the lemon it doesn't really make any sense to me. But shrimp, shrimp franchise, and then a hero. Those are two things I like. So maybe I'll have yeah. it. Shrimp and shrimp with all this mozzarella cheese sounds like a different thing. But I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I think the crucial element for this hero is how much sauce. It'd be nice if maybe they had like a 
if it was an au jus almost where they had the sauce on the side to dip the hero into. Oh, that sounds like an amazing. That'd be nice. We got a restaurant idea. Yeah. Because if they put the sauce on the hero, it would get all soaked up and then too wet. I don't want my hero too wet. Soak up the sun. Sean Wetland. That's a good one. It's a good highlight. My highlight was last week I went to a bachelor party uh, in my alma mater, UMass Amherst. We went golfing at a course in Amherst. I went from Long Island up there, and I was trying to figure out the best way, because going from Long Island up to Massachusetts isn't the most convenient thing. you got to go all the way through Long Island. So my sister's boyfriend recommended, he's from Port Jefferson, and he recommended me taking the ferry from Port Jefferson to Bridgeport, Connecticut. You'll bring your car on board. I was a little suspect, nervous about it at first, because I get pretty nauseous on boats. But I ended up doing it, and it was a fantastic experience. I brought my boat up. I, I caught a ferry at 7 a.m. in Port Jefferson, brought the car on. Uh, it took like an hour to get to Bridgeport over the Long Island Sound, cut out all the New York City rush hour traffic. I think I cut out like two hours on my trip by taking this ferry. It was an absolute beautiful ride. This new podcast, I was able to get out of the car, I was walking around the boat. I put my boat on a on I put my car on a boat. How crazy is that? I was I was I went nuts. I, I was on a car. I was in a car on a boat. Isn't that wild? It's pretty nuts. There's cashews. That was kind of like almost better than the whole bachelor party experience in general. Golf was fun. Seeing my friends was fine, but taking the ferry, it, I felt like a real uh, pioneer. Travel aboard the Port Jeff Ferry. Skip the traffic. Enjoy the sound. Full speed ahead. Did it if start relaxing in the steamboat lounge? Travel aboard the Port Jeff Ferry. We break the sound barrier. Is that the actual song? Yeah, it was like their commercial from like probably like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I was doing research about it. It's been a, it's been around for so long. Like it was originally made to connect Long Island with the industry in Connecticut. Yeah, it's really interesting. I so I I grew up like twenty minutes away from from there, twenty five, yeah. probably twenty minutes away. Um, it's a it's interesting. There is no way to get really from particularly Eastern Long Island to Connecticut if you are like where I grew up. I actually don't like the ferry. I don't like taking it because you have to be on the ferry's time. If you if you mistime it, then you're waiting. And then isn't that with everything? Well, if you're driving, you could just you don't you don't have to wait. You can just drive. If you're True. if you're if, there's a ferry every hour. I know. I, I, I hate waiting. And then it's it's money. It's like you know it's like sixty bucks or whatever it is. And I think if you're if you're far enough east, it is the only sensible option. There's also a ferry from or, Orient Point, uh, which is further. It's like the North Fork of Long Island. Yeah, I think you to, take like two different ferries out yeah, there. I think New London is that where that one goes to, but I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I like being. I, I just don't like it because I don't like waiting <laughs> around and timing. But it. I, I think I'm incorrect. It's a beautiful experience. I. It's not something I would want to do. I wouldn't want that to be my daily commute. I wouldn't do it that often. But this really made my trip a whole lot easier. Otherwise, it would have been like a six hour drive this i did i ended up driving three hours total and i was in, on a boat for like an hour and 15 minutes it was beautiful 
Yeah, and it's nice to see the sound. I guess I've done it too many times that the the wonder of it, the wonder bread, has been lost for me. Yeah. And it it doesn't. I feel like, I feel like it should be faster than it is. <laughs> it does if you look at a map. It's, it's, it's like it seems that, that takes an hour to it, go right there. It but. seems insane that it's that slow. I feel like maybe it's just not a modern ferry or or what. I don't. I feel like it does. It should not take that long for you to go across. Yeah. So I like every time, whenever I have actually earlier this year, Kate and I went to Boston. We went out to Long Island first and and took a car. And my dad was like, Lance, you got to take the ferry. But I, I, just hate, ferry. I, I hate taking the ferry. So we I never do unless unless it doesn't unless it makes zero sense not to. I'll never take it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I got up super early. I, I, I got up at 4 a.m. I left the house at 5 a.m., got there, took like an hour and a half, so I was worried about traffic. Saw the sunrise in the boat. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous. That sounds like a peak ferry experience. It was. And it was like less than a quarter filled with people. That's, it was, it was that's really great, Really too. nice. Isn't it? There's something interesting about, I feel like I've felt this a little bit, too, where tran- like the transportation to an event is better than the actual event. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I think Definitely. that's a sign of that. You know, you're getting old. <laughs> like if you have like if you make good time, it's pleasant, it's enjoyable. You get to relax. It, you're you're compl- you're accomplishing something. Whereas, oh, whereas the actual event, maybe you're not accomplishing something in that same way. That was my biggest worry about this bachelor party. Was like that it was going to take me so long to drive that the drive would have made me. I was going to show up irritated and uh, like just like not excited to be there, but. I showed up fresh, happy to be there because of this ferry. Nice. Danny Ferry. Danny Ferry. Yeah. That's great. That's my, uh, that's my highlight. That's great. Beautiful. Should we do our top nine? Let's do our top nine. I got not the silver screen up, but I've got the TV screen up. This week we're doing our top nine favorite TV shows. I've also got... My non-silver screen. Is there... There's no color to denote TV. The tube? The tube. The boob tube. I got the tube on. We actually... Our tube... We're thinking about getting a new tube because our current tube is probably 20 years old or maybe even older, and I think it's it's on its last legs. Yeah, get a new TV. They're not that expensive these days. Yeah, so we're going to wait until this one actually breaks, but we'll probably get a new one. Are you... Uh, let me ask you this. Does size matter for you? <laughs> So in my own apartment right now, I mostly watch things on my laptop or on my, my Big Mac. But for sports, side, I, if I'm at a sports bar uh, or like at someone's house, I prefer to watch sports on a bigger TV. But I'm not, like it's, I'm not that picky. Like I, I will watch on anything. But I think size for TVs, the bigger the better. I've never, I've never seen a TV that I was like, oh, that's, that's way too big. I can't watch that. So that's what I think about when I'm out, if I'm at a bar watching something. But for a house, I'm definitely, definitely not, I, I hate, I, I personally, in, in my home, I don't want the TV really? to be so, so Mark Ruffalo Incredible Hulking. Wow. Especially, I, like it. I think it's a, it's a nice piece. Especially in New York City, where the space is small as it is. If you have like a 70 inch TV, that's the entire apartment. And everything is oriented around it. It's too loud. It's making too much noise. I think a TV should be able to fit in with the rest of the surroundings. It shouldn't 
the way rooms are set up since I guess TVs have been in households is that they command the center of attention. And that means the room is set up to be passive and that's okay in some senses in some rooms. But if you only have a one bedroom apartment, then you're setting up your entire apartment to be passive. So I think that TV, this is just a classic old man Lance take. I can't agree with anything you just said. A passive room with a bigger TV. I, it's, I can't, I understand the ratio if you're in a small New York City apartment, having a big TV is a little gaudy and it's kind of takes up way too much room, but I'm not going to complain if you got a big old flat screen. If you got a, a gaudy TV, John Gaudy, I'm going to whack you. Don't. You can whack me. Just don't bring up that whack over. I won't. So Let's get into it. I'm very interested to see if we have any overlap. I'm going to say we have only one show in common. I think that might be true. And so we're also, as a caveat, I, are we both doing just scripted shows? Yeah. Yeah. I went with just scripted. Yeah. Initially, I tried to make the list, and it was too overwhelming to do scripted, non-scripted. So we'll do like a non, well, like a, I guess a yeah. non-scripted. I mean, we've done, have we done, we've done food shows already. Yeah. Yeah. So this is top nine scripted TV shows. I'll lead off if you want. Get on base. So I will also say as another caveat, this is not what I think are the best TV shows, these are just my personal favorites because this is by no means a list of the best TV shows. And yeah, so number nine, I got Family Guy. Classic. Family Guy, I like because it's all about bits. It's They're known for their cutaways, just kind of random, wacky, zany sequences. I was a big Family Guy guy in the mid to late 2000s. I haven't really watched any, I don't really watch it anymore, but definitely... The strangeness of and the reference-heavy nature of it, I think definitely, I feel like, influences the way this pot is, in a way. There's just yeah. references out of left field all the time. Uh, definitely, you know, I've watched in recent years, definitely some aspects of it are, are certainly cringeworthy. It definitely hasn't aged super well in a lot of ways. And I do think that some of that, you know, watching as a 17-year-old maybe isn't the healthiest thing. But I think <laughs> that there are enough kind of just bits and sharp elements of it that it's my number nine. Love that. It's not on my top nine, but I'm a big Family Guy fan. Probably my number, one of my, like, of modern cartoons. I guess semi-modern, but it's probably my favorite like, comedy cartoon. Like, of, of non-like Nickelodeon Disney cartoons that we grew up on. Like, I love Family Guy. It's one of the few cartoons that I can, like, I would laugh out loud at their best. Yeah. I, I, I love the cutaways. I love the random, like, uh, random references. That's, that's, like you said, that's kind of the, the backbone of our pod. Yeah, I don't think the actual episodes, a lot of them, I didn't think were that super, they weren't that good. I mean, they were, they were fine. But I think what made, the jokes. what made the show is the, the bits and the, just the, the randomness of, of the cutaways. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta exactly. love it. I reference some of them every now and again. Yeah. Still. Absolutely fantastic. My favorite character is probably Cleveland. I just love Cleveland's voice. Even though even though that doesn't even hold up because that's technically a black character voiced by a white guy. But it's, I, I still found it very funny. My favorite family guy thing is it's a cutaway of ordering salad at a pizza place. <laughs> if you've never seen it, it's, it's the best. I feel like I have. Yeah. 
If you ever see just search like Family Guy salad at a pizza place. It's like that stuff that I love. It's so specific and it's so funny. Yeah. And they don't let they don't like let the bit breathe or like they you either get it or you don't immediately. They keep it moving, which I love about bits. Like they don't kind of like wait for a laugh or wait. I, they just hit you with it and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. So that's my number nine. Number eight. You're not going to be, I think you're going to be surprised, but you're not going to be surprised. It is SpongeBob SquarePants. Saw that come from a mile away. SpongeBob SquarePants. Best children's show. And also for adults. I've watched it as an adult and I think it holds up just as well. Honestly, I, I debated putting it much higher on the list and I don't, I think it is higher than number eight, but that just speaks to the volume and quality of, of TV. It's just genius. You have the excited, idealistic SpongeBob. You have Grouchy Squidward as, as his ideological foil. As a child, you identify with SpongeBob, but if you watch it and you're older, you identify with Squidward. He's grumpy. You identify with Squidward. I think a lot of adults identify with Squidward. Then you got Patrick, who is the best character. Just the, the simple genius of having someone who's extremely dumb but thinks he's incredibly smart. I identify with Patrick. It is... <laughs> he is... Lives under a rock, you know, just like the simplicity, <laughs> the simplicity of the metaphors of the show. Mr. Krabs, just like being, being the embodiment of a business owner who cares nothing of, about anything except for money. And it's just done in a way that's so simple, but so genius. And the creator, the best episodes are Stephen Hild, Hildenberg, I think was his name. And it might be batching his last name but he he actually passed away recently but the the original seasons with him as like the guy in charge are far and away the best and, and way better than than the later ones but definitely highly influential you know at when it, by the time it, it it aired we were not super young we were I don't know, nine or ten years old but yeah i wasn't i wasn't a diehard spongebob guy i definitely would watch it if it was on and a big fan and i like only like recently, I realized how funny it is because probably the, a lot of the jokes are tailored for adults. Um, but absolutely phenomenal show. Not on my top nine, but, but solid pick. So that's my number eight. My number seven. I think I think you're gonna have this on your list, and I think you're gonna take issue of where I put it. But number seven is The Sopranos. Yep. And the only reason why it's number seven, I think it would be much higher, but I I've never actually finished it. I've only watched the first, I stopped watching at season five. And this is my beef with a lot of TV shows. They're just too long. I can't watch, especially if I'm not starting at the beginning. You know, I started watching The Sopranos maybe like seven years ago. And so you weren't watching when it was on. I never watched it when it was on. So I was, I was watching later. And I just can't. So you started it and just never finished it? I can't devote. You watch a TV show. This is my beef with just TV in general. It. There's so much TV, and it sucks away so much of your time. I just am not going to commit however many hours of my life to watching the general vibe of a story I already know for a certain... You watch you watch a season of a TV show, and you kind of understand what it's about. The next seven seasons are just overkill. This is my issue with most TV shows. They don't need to be as long as they are, and I get why they're as long as they are, because that's how TV has traditionally worked. You... You wear a season, then you wait a year, then you wear another season. But if you're watching playing catch-up, I just can't devote that much time to a show. 
And I would I do I, agree with that. In an ideal world, I would love to finish The Sopranos, but I would also rather to I would also rather move my life forward. So I can't I can't watch like long seasons of shows like from if they're not I was able to watch Sopranos because I was watching it when it was on live. I was watching it once a week every Sunday. I would look forward to watching The Sopranos, but I feel like I kind of miss that aspect of television of like appointment television of having a show once a week to watch. Because now if there's a show like Ozark or something, there's six seasons. I'm overwhelmed by that amount. I'm like, I can never finish six seasons of, of an hour-long show. So I haven't done that in a long time. I can binge these little like six-episode shows. But I agree with like the, there's, you get the, the, the vibe of a show. Because I have Sopranos as my number five. And I was watching, it was the first like ever like rated R show that I was allowed to watch. And I remember being so excited for it, being so excited to see Tony Soprano serve up a pair of meatballs. Yeah, so number one, it might be the single best role for a character. The role of Tony Soprano is unbelievable. James Gandolfini is unbelievable. I think it is the funniest show of my top Very nine. Underrated it's, funny. It's, it is like laugh out loud funny and dark, I mean, obviously. But incredible show. It would probably be my number one, honestly, if I finished it. But I just... I just you don't have any interest in finishing even about the myth of the last episode? Oh, I know it. So it's it's so ingrained in pop culture. I know how it ends. So there's no, also no mystery for me. Have you have you seen like the the YouTube videos about like the the themes behind the ending and like what the, the ending means? No, I don't care. Jeez as Louise. I as I, Jeez I, Louise. that's the problem with TV is that it's such a as I said before with the room, it's ultimately a passive activity. So good tv is great and it makes you think and you have the roller coaster of emotions but especially if you if you watch a certain amount of a certain show the return on the investment of watching the show is is minimal you're not i, I think you're just not moving your life forward in a way that say even reading a book would do for you so i think there becomes a limit as to how much you could how much number one enjoyment but number two real benefit you actually get from watching once you hit a certain amount of hours on a certain tv show i i think it it drops off for me and i i would love to watch finish watching the sopranos i stopped like steve buscemi was like coming in as a character that's when i stopped and i meant to keep going i don't think there's ever a drop off that i can remember in like the quality of the show i think it was great till the end um, if anything i think the ending was so made people so angry because people wanted more people wanted closure well that's the thing too when these shows once you move past like two or three seasons, the story be- has to be so open ended because it has to keep going that you're ne- yeah. you're you're almost never going to be able to close it in a satisfying fashion. Yeah, in a way that ties up all all the loose ends, right. Bur- burnt ends, burnt ends. Yeah, you know, like in uh, the brisket. Yeah, brisket. Oh yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, burnt baccarat, Bur- sweet sauce. That was your number seven. Yeah, and I'm also interested now. I feel like it's almost a nostalgia piece. When I, you know, even if you watched it 10 years ago, there were still elements of that. But that, like, generation of Italian Americans and the influence of the mob in general is, it's just a way different thing now. Now, if you had that, you'd have to have stuff about, you know, like Trump supporting storylines. It's just a different thing. How yeah. kind of the, I feel like that was the last generation of Italian Americans who, really really maintains their italianness over the americanness yeah i think you could argue 
I mean, that's still pretty prominent, I feel like, in certain sub- pockets in sub- suburban yeah. New Jersey, Long Island. Uh, but, Bay Ridge. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's less and lo- less and less of a, of a thing. I also loved Sopranos opening title sequence of the different shots in New Jersey. Best, best a title lot, sequence. A lot of like, area where I grew up. I, I can like, point to and recognize the different neighborhoods. Best title sequence, I think, in, in TV. I love that Definitely. title sequence, and it was they. I mean, re, do you remember they had to change the title sequence in between like seasons two or three or three and four because the towers set. No, the towers were in it. Oh. So they after nine eleven they they took it away. There's a pizza place. I think it's called Pizza Palace or Pizza Place. That's in Park Ridge, the town over from me in Jersey. Sounds like a place I would make you shrimp front chest. They would, but I wouldn't. I would be scared to ask. You might get whack over. All right, my number nine, I can guarantee is not on your list, and you probably were not a fan of it. And I'm almost a little embarrassed about how much I loved this show and my friend group loved this show, but to me, it still holds up. I, I, I rewatch episodes, kind of almost as comfort food. My number nine is Entourage. I've seen every episode of every season of Entourage multiple times, can quote it. Johnny Drama is probably one of my favorite all-time characters. So funny. I love just the different celebrity cameos, the the shows. There are certain seasons where like the the plot and like the the seasons were actually pretty compelling. We would we would actually in the later seasons, sorry to say this, but we would my friend group would we would go over to Wack Goldberg's house to watch Entourage, which looking back was pretty whack, but I loved it. You, you would get excited in the beginning on HBO when they would have like rated R or rated X. And that's when we would know if they would show boobs. We would go nuts if they, there would be a pair of boobs in the show. I mean, I, I still go nuts. But yeah, I I love the different sports celebrities. I love just Hollywood culture, the, like behind the scenes of it and kind of the come up as a Hollywood actor. I watched it at camp. We watched it in the bunks. Some, one of my friends had DVDs. It's just a great show. Number nine, Entourage. Yeah, so I that was another show I watched after the fact. I, I basically started watching it. It ended in, like, I think we were seniors in college. Were we, think, were we that old? I think that's when it ended. When did the, I feel like the movie, I don't remember. The movie definitely came out when I was living in the city. Yeah, I think the movie was after it ended. But I remember it ended, and, like, a lot of my college friends were big Entourage fans, and they all watched it, and I was like, this is something, and... I was at that time thinking about, I hadn't yet realized I wanted to do stand-up, but I thought I might want to be like a screenwriter or try to mm-hmm. do something. And I was like, oh, I should just, this sounds like a show I would like, and it sounds like something that would be useful. And I actually liked it because it, it does. i you liked it. It does give you a good glimpse. I mean, I think it's certainly, it's, it's interesting too how quickly a lot of the stuff is dated. Like I feel like Hollywood is way, way, way different than now than it was you know, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah. Entourage was, you know, was in its heyday. But it does give you a really interesting glimpse of, I think, how things work. And I think that was done very well. My favorite thing about Entourage probably is how they constantly referenced Frank Pepe's in, uh, yeah. in like, Ozone Park, which I've never been to, but I I really want to go because it's the way the, way the, the big, big clams. clams are talk, talked about you know it's unbelievable. And you yeah. know, I forget the guy's name who created it, but you know that's like something he specifically put Doug in Ellison? there. Yeah, D- Doug Ellen. Doug Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like something 
It's authentic. You, yeah. you know it's real. Yeah, you know it's real. So that's probably the best part of the show for me. I thought the the I don't remember like the plot lines or anything like that, but I remember some of them I liked. I remember Medellin was the movie that was supposed to be, yeah. but it, it bombed. Yeah, yeah. I remember that exactly. I remember Eminem being in it, right? He had a, he had a little guest appearance. A lot of different guest cameos. Tom Brady had a guest cameo. I don't remember that one, but it was yeah. also just like so so easy to watch. Like twenty two minute episodes, it would fly by. I I watched the whole great. thing and I liked it, but I. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I couldn't, of all the main four characters, I didn't really like any of them, to be honest. Didn't but like Johnny Drama? He was okay. He was the one I probably liked the most. Vince, uh, yeah, was fine. I, I like Turtle. I like uh, E because in real life he's a huge Islanders fan. Kevin Connolly. Is he really? Yeah. And he's from, I think he's from close to where I grew up, but... I, I didn't find any of the character, any of the main characters particularly yeah. like amazing. Fair. I just want to close that window. There's a bunch of birds chirping. All right. Now we're moving and grooving. My number eight is Doug. Nickelodeon's Doug, an absolute classic. Do 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 do. I love Doug. I love. That he wears the same outfit every day. I, I, I'm pretty similar to Doug. I, I wear a pretty similar outfit every day. Uh, similar color. I wear black a lot. Usually a black v-neck. Um, big fan of Skeeter, Patty Mayonnaise, Roger Klotz. Love the Beats band. Banging on a trash can. Killer Tofu. Uh, just absolute comfort food television. Yeah. I haven't watched it since... Vietnam, but I, I, was, I was a big fan of Doug. I was between having Doug or Hey Arnold as my number eight, and Hey Arnold did not make my list ultimately. I went with Doug because I feel like I can remember more episodes of Doug and can remember watching Doug more often, and uh, just loved his attitude. I feel like I can relate to Doug a lot, the way he kind of would walk through life, and just a uh, big fan of it. I was a big fan of Doug. Doug was probably like I considered it briefly, and then it ultimately did not make my list. But gotcha. everything you said, I think a few things that I like to note about Doug. I think Judy, yeah, was the original hipster. <laughs> wow, good call. A big fan of Chalky Studebaker. <laughs> he like he like should have been an asshole, but he he, he was like pretty nice. Yeah, Bluffington. Bluffington. Wow, these these are obscure references. I don't I, I even remember. I dressed up as Quail Man once in high school. I think it was Classic like Halloween it, it wasn't Halloween. It was like for something <laughs> else. I don't remember what it was for, but it was it was for something else. And yeah, Doug yeah, Doug was great. I and also the music, thought like, Doug, the, Doug the music was, that the Beats band played was actually good. The theme song, like the theme intro, was yeah. my ringtone at one point. Oh, that's great. That's that. And that didn't make your top nine TV shows. No, SpongeBob. I ultimately decided that I couldn't include more than one childhood Nickelodeon show, and SpongeBob was. Yeah, the best. that's what I. That's hey what Arnold, I liked also. Doug and Hey Arnold, I think we're on the same plane for me. Nothing yeah. as good as Harold's bar mitzvah, where he's nervous and then finally he does it. <laughs> also, to say uh, no, notable TV show that makes up my list is Power Rangers. I was a big Power Rangers fan as a young young boy. I never. I remember loving Power Rangers when it was out, but I think I was too young to. I don't. I don't even remember anything about it. 
I don't. I just remember the bad guy. And I just remember getting so pumped, and also having a big crush on the pink Power Ranger. I remember being pumped, but I couldn't tell you anything <laughs> about it. It's all that matters. Remember getting pumped. Yeah. Number seven, a drastic difference from number eight's Doug. Number seven for me is Oz, the HBO show um, about inmates and uh, jail guards. One of the most chilling, intense, scary shows I've ever watched. And I'm not a big scary show person or scary movie guy, but for some reason this show really compelled me. The performances were unbelievably just so scary. I watched this. I spent a summer at uh, Michigan the year before college, and we had like a a curfew where we had to be in the room by like I think like nine or ten, and I had had the door locked. So every night we would watch an episode of Oz and would burn through it, and it was just. Unbelievable. I, I remember really enjoying it. J.K. Simmons has a really, really intense, dark role in it. Um, I don't think it's a show that I would want to rewatch because it was so crazily intense, but I remember watching it, and, and it takes one of those few shows that, like, takes you out of wherever you are and, like, puts you into this jail, and you really feel like you're, like, in this world, which I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I heard, I, I heard it was very very good i never watched it but it came out i mean we were pretty young when it came out right it came out like 2000 something like that i, didn't, I wasn't watching when it came out obviously yeah i i never never watched it but it was always something that like at one point i said oh i would definitely watch that also like deadwood was another one yeah. i remember thinking like those were two show prestige shows I, at one point i felt like i needed to watch all these prestige tv shows because it felt like the new literature or something like that and like I feel like I was like 22 and I also I think I wanted to do that stuff but yeah. then it became a point where every second there was a new show and again now I was, it's like I, it's, yeah it was overloaded with that. and I, as I said it's like there's it, at some point I mean I honestly prefer watching non-scripted shows at this point I like watching barbecue chef's table or chops and stuff like that yeah yeah I probably wouldn't be able to watch this kind of show now especially alone but I was able to it goes back to the, the kind of the appointment television where every night we had to look forward to like watching one episode. I was watching with my friend Jeremy. It was it was like a nice thing to kind of look forward to. Jeremy watching Piven? guys get raped in jail. What? Jeremy Piven? It wasn't Jeremy Piven. My friend Jeremy Lerner. Nice. Yeah. So that was your number seven. That's my number seven. My number six. I. This. I mean, it, it, they had a script. I, I'm not sure. It's a, it's a talk show. My number six is The Late Show with Dave Letterman. I'm not sure if it falls into scripted television. It, it had a script. It has an interview portion. It's, it's a variety show. I'm having it on my list. Chef's Interpretation. Dave Letterman was my favorite talk show host. I, I watched... I would, we would record the show. And I was always watch it after uh, school. I loved the way he interviewed people. He was such a dry sense of humor. And he would like make fun of people. And he kind of, kind of wouldn't take celebrities too seriously. Especially ones that like took themselves too seriously, he he would be able to poke fun of them. He had iconic interviews like Paris Hilton, where he would make fun of her going to jail. Um, who's the other woman who went to jail? Uh, I forget. Martha Stewart. She was a cook. Who? Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Yeah, he really uh, went after her, which I enjoyed. Big fan of Dave Letterman. I was really upset when he went off the air. It was it was very comforting to watch him every day. Um, Paul Schaefer, absolute legend. He would have good musicians on. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen him twice 
I went, I went to watch him the live taping twice and his like energy before he would go on, he would like, run around the studio the way he would like, he would answer questions before the taping. It was very cool to see. He to me is like the one of my comedic icons. Number six, Dave Letterman. So I don't have it on my list and I did not consider it to be in this ballpark, but I respect the decision immensely. I think by I far, it. far and away the best late night talk show host of our lifetime. It's not even close. And it kind of exactly what you said, the way he would let the, I mean, the interviews really is what I'm talking about. I, I yeah. like in those shows, I don't care about like the bits and the monologues. I would usually fast forward to the interviews. The monologues, honestly, I think for late night television are among some of the worst. I don't know how anyone could think that stuff's funny. Usually maybe there's one or two decent jokes in there, but just the style is, is so awful. I think Yeah, it's hard to have a good monologue joke. Yeah, there's just so. I guess maybe just because we're in comedy and we write jokes. It's not because it's it's like a it's not stand up. It's 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 different. It's like a it's like a very bland kind of watered down version of stand up. Yeah, it's like if you had any sort of dish and you didn't season it at all. That's what monologue jokes are to yeah. me. But his interviews are incredible. I think he lets the he's always in control of the interview, but he doesn't make it about him ever. Yeah, he knows exactly. He know he's talking to the audience, but he's also talking to the other person. I mean, my favorite. So quick. So quick. My favorite of all time. And there's only a few people that he's kind of not off his game, but that he he lets his guard down a little bit. Don Rickles is my favorite. Yeah, just far and away. I Don Rickles would just would barrel through. He would just roast him. Uh, yeah. And he, Dave would like be able to keep up, but also not be able to keep up. And yeah. every now and then I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch like clips of, of Don Rickles and, and Letterman. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so. Alec Baldwin is also a classic guest. Alec Baldwin and Robin Williams are unbelievable guests. I don't think I've seen Alec Baldwin. They had a good dynamic. Yeah, that's all I got on that. Nice. That was my number... Six. 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 Do I go now? You, no, you, I, you, I, accidentally, I you accidentally went over, but I didn't want to say anything because you... I go nine, eight, seven, six. Wow, that's on me. Hands up. I got too... I was too jacked up. Do you want to do five and four and then I'll go? No, I, I, that's too much. That's okay, too much. so I'll go... I'll do number six. My number six is Burn Notice. I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. I, that is a show, right? Yeah, apologies to anyone who's worked on it. I, honestly, I feel bad even making that joke because you work on a thing and you take pride in it and then someone just makes a cheap joke at its expense. But that was like a show that was on like TBS or TNT or something like that that I, I always see and I was always wondering what it was about and I never watched it. And I feel yeah. like every, that's most people's experience with Burn Notice, unfortunately. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was a great show. So this episode is sponsored by Burn Notice. Beautiful. My number six is actually Black Mirror. Okay, I never saw it. Never saw it. So, do you know the premise? Yeah, I know the premise of it. It's like an anthology series, so different storyline, but it all revolves around kind of a near future dystopia. And some of the storylines are incredibly prescient. Prescient? Is that the right word? Prescient? Yeah. And it, it basically, it's it's like... This is where our society could go if we're not careful. And I think a lot of the things that Black Mirror has not forecasted, but the storylines revolve around 
exist. I mean, there's probably the more the most famous example is there's like one episode that revolves solely around everything in life is based around like a social currency rating system. Like you can't a, a, you can't live in a certain building if you have a certain rating. You like there's a whole wedding plot that revolves around like only certain people can be invited, and it kind of talks about how I th- I think our social system in a a lot of ways is moving towards that. I believe in China, a lot of that stuff already exists now and you see it with Airbnb, with Uber, with, with all, with all that stuff. And the acting is incredible. My favorite episode is 15 million merits. It's in the beginning. I think since it's gone on Netflix, it's gotten a little bit worse. It was initially a British series and now Netflix has picked it up. And how's it gotten worse? A different show? When you know when a show used to not be on Netflix and then it goes on that like Netflix picks it up, it becomes a little bit like Netflix-ified. the new seasons that have been on Netflix or yeah, it's some okay. So gotcha. so there's I actually haven't watched the most recent season again. I've watched like four or five seasons of this, and at this point, I'm I'm getting fatigue. I I feel like I I'm sure that I think Miley Cyrus is actually in a, one of the new, but hmm. anyway, I think it's just really well done and now i don't think it's as i think in 2015 it was there there's basically a there's an episode that kind of in a little bit forecast like a trump-like character taking advantage of of, there's there's episode there's a really good one about public shaming it's just like kind of taking trends that i think you know four or five or six years ago were kind of lurking but the general public hadn't really thought about and kind of saying this is what this is going to be if we go down a certain path and and i think in a lot of ways it's shown what could happen we're going down what has happened would you say that once the show moved to netflix that it's more of like a whack mirror nice nice i don't think the episodes are bad i think they're just it's just maybe it's also just too much of the same thing again gotcha so yeah I, i remember when it first came on there was a huge huge craze about it yeah Craze, uh, craze bits, craze bits, craze bits, craze anatomy. That's not on my list. I've heard it's good. I've never seen it. It was almost on my list. I was a big Grey's guy. It's yeah. still going. So I, I obviously haven't seen all of it, but I was a big Grey's anatomy fan. You were a grazer back. I was. So my number five, you could cancel me in advance, but my number five is Louie. Lance, you're gonna love this, Lance. My number, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll let my number four is, is Louis as well. So, this was, I think, in some way, I watched this when I was a senior in college. I started watching it, and then as the new seasons came out, I would, I would watch it. I think, in some ways, this show motivated me to do stand up, and it also is an incredibly unique and new york it's like very new york it's it's unbelievably new york it captures new york in especially like that 2010 to 2015 new york in a way that's both old new york but also present day and i think it's really funny but it's really heavy and sad and depressing and the stand-up element you know it's 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 like seinfeld but but serious (laughs) <laughs> but <Yeah>. good. <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, it's it's literally the show that I put. I think it blew up the comedy cell. It did blow the up comedy the comedy cell. 
Yeah, and there's so many just unbelievable, memorable moments. We we talked about in the pod the moment uh, with the garbage man and waking him up. That's I rewatched that clip of the garbage man like throwing the cans on him and when he's when he's sleeping in bed. Unbelievable. Yeah, and there's a lot of if you're if you are a New Yorker, there's a lot of places you recognize, which is always cool. There's yeah. a lot of interesting people, comedians, and and New York people. There's some great storylines. One of my favorite episodes of TV ever, and this is like not, it's kind of an unusual one, but it's the one, it's a flashback and there's like a kid that plays him and he, he basically like steals the scales from the school to sell drugs. And Jeremy Renner is a drug dealer. It's like almost like a movie within the, within the, one of the seasons. It's, it's incredibly well done. And then another one with Michael Rappaport, yeah, that's and my favorite episode. He's like a cop who's like, what is he, his brother-in-law or something? Yeah. And he you accidentally loses his, yeah, they go to the next game and he loses his gun and he <laughs> freaks out. And it's just like, I mean, I've never lost. Great performance I've, I've, I've never lost a gun, but everyone has been, it just captured that particular feeling. You feel that thing. anxiety, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of that in the show in general. And I thought I also it was. also love his managers great. is a kit. Or his manager or his agent is played by like a little kid. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some funny things like that. And there's the season where he uh, is like auditioning to replace Letterman. It's really funny. Oh yeah, that was good too. Yeah. 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 Cancel us, but the show holds up. There, there was no creepy moments on the show, least that I can remember that were I that showed that anything bad. There's one, I think it's like the intro of one of the seasons where he basically like, he can't find a bathroom, so he pees his pants. Yeah. Or maybe even shit his pants. I'm not, I don't remember, but yeah. I was, I was almost that guy a few days ago. Well, I had, we, to duck into, I had to duck into the public bathroom in Union Square. Wow. That's, that's dire circumstances. Eric Dyer. Nice. Beautiful. That was number four. That was my number five. And my number four, okay, my number four is Lost. I thought that'd be your number one. I thought about putting it number one, but ultimately it's number one in my heart in a lot of ways. I think it really blew open the doors to what a lot of TV is today. It was unbelievably ambitious, kind of the opposite of what you were talking about, Entourage. I loved almost all of the characters. It was unbelievable in terms of character development. You had the store, the each episode focused on kind of, I guess, the A storyline was something that was happening with the island, but the B storyline was in the first half, it was a flashback of basically how that character got there or something in their life that was important. And those were always incredibly well done. And it was interesting to see how in depth they went with a lot of the characters. And then in the future, it was usually like a flash forward of how they turned out after all, all the lost stuff. Loved all the characters. Jack was the main guy. Kate was also the main girl. They were like a great team. Sawyer was like the third. They were just all hurly. You go on and on. With, with you were watching it while it was like week to week while I was I, I pretty much watched it. I think I didn't, <coughs> I think I caught up on like the first or second season and then from there on I, I watched the whole, I watched it live. Like I watched the finale, I remember, live. And... Yeah, I, I think it, it kind of just showed the ambition. I think a lot of these ambitious TV shows now have a lot to, like Lost kind of paved the way. And there it created this sort of TV show, this, this specific mood that was in some sense supernatural, but in other sense 
I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just very, very lost. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of like one of the shows where I, I couldn't get into it. I, I wasn't watching while was it on, but it had so much hype and everyone was telling me to watch it that I couldn't. It was similar to Mad Men. When like, I, I started watching Mad Men after the fact, I just couldn't get into it. And I just couldn't get into Lost. I watched, I think, the first season. It was fine. I, it, was, it was good, but I just wasn't hooked. And I couldn't. I just couldn't go through with it. But if I feel like if I was watching it while the whole world was watching it week to week, I would be more into it. That's that's a fair statement. I also am interested because I watched it, you know, as a teenager and early adult, and I was I was just like my mind was blown by some of some some of the episodes were just unbelievable. And I wonder if I watched it when I was a little bit older, would I think the same thing? I'm not sure. Right. But I right. watched it when I watched it, so I have those strong connections. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm surprised. Now, now I'm intrigued by your number one. Yeah, I think I think in terms of the characters, it was like also everyone was like kind of a mess. They had something wrong with their lives, and then they were just thrown into the situation. And I'm kind of a sucker for that type of type of thing. Gotcha, sucker Sanders. Well, I'm gonna give it right back to you because I already did my number six was Letterman. Number five is Sopranos. I think we went into pretty depth about that. Number four was Louis. You're giving time back to the room? I'm giving my time back to the room. I don't need to go over why I love Louie. I don't want to, to, someone to clip that up again. Talk about Sopranos. I love people getting whacked. And I went over my time last time with my David Letter number six. I'm giving it back to you. I'm going to throw it on back to you. You got to do your three through one because I, oh, I can't wow. keep talking. Jeez, Louise. All right, I'll talk some more. My number three, an absolute iconic show. I grew up on the show. I would say this show taught me the world it's boy meets world i i relate to Corey matthews so well Corey matthews i relate to him and i also my cousin uh reggie miller looks just like Corey matthews so i kind of had a bond with him in that way looks like him had a huge crush on topanga just all like so many iconic characters mr feeney the older brother eric matthews i never had an older brother i kind of like saw him as my older brother um his best friend, Sean Hunter, he would always have like a hot girlfriend. Just like the different storylines, the way he navigated through life. He went to college. Remember, that was kind of like how, what I thought college would be like. Like you just bring all of your friends and everyone just goes with you to college, which is not really the way it goes. Just easy to watch. You can watch any episode. You don't really need to watch it in order. Each episode stands alone, which I feel like doesn't, TV isn't made that way anymore, which I miss. Yeah, but number three, BMW. So I never saw it. What? I never watched it. You never seen an episode? Nope. And I that? I never met the world even. How is that? I don't think I've ever met somebody who says they haven't seen any. You haven't. You've never seen any of Women's World. Nope. I. I. So. You're speechless. You don't know Seattle. about Banga. No. So I think I, I, mentioned this, I mentioned this in another episode. I didn't control what we watched until I was about 15 years old, until 16 years old, until my brother went to college. So I didn't, there was just a lot of things I just never watched. Wow. Holy moly macaroni. That is, I do remember now you saying that. That is mind blowing. I never also, like a lot of people think it's crazy. I've never seen Saved by the Bell. 
That's even more absurd. Are you? You gotta watch some Saved by the Bell. Like Boy Meets World probably isn't good anymore. But Saved by the Bell. You so, gotta get into it. One time, Screech. One time, I watched like one episode. It was like probably a few years ago, and I don't think I I liked it or I I don't know whatever. I just like didn't continue watching it. I didn't really. That's I was like barely crazy. paying attention. I think though. That's absurd. Yeah, I've never seen Full House. That's another one. People. Oh my God, Lance. No wonder you want a small TV in your, your apartment. You, you didn't get to see any good TV growing up. I watched NFL primetime. <laughs> I mean, that's a good show. It's only, what, once a week on Sundays? Yeah. Holy moly macaroni. That is craziness. All right, my number two. I'm going to try not to get too emotional, get too revved up about this show, but I you're not going to see this one coming. Huh? I, I might have talked about it on the pod. But my number two is Gilmore Girls. I'm a big Gilmore guy. I would watch this show pretty religiously for a huge stretch after school on ABC Family. Sometimes my dad would watch it with me. I love quick banter and fast talking on TV shows. It's one of my favorite things. Like, uh, And this was so witty, so well written, so clever. I love Rory Gilmore. I love Lorelai. A big crush on Lorelai. I love the small town in Connecticut that they're in. Small town vibes. All the different characters have their own, like, they're pretty developed over the seasons. And you, everyone's so funny in their own unique way. And it's also one of the shows where it's like, there's not, there is drama, but there's not, it doesn't, nothing is going to, like, make you stressed out. It was very easy to watch. It was fun to watch. Good plot. You have to see the characters grow old, go to, go to college. I would look forward to the show so often. I haven't gotten in. I can't really get into the new version of it on Netflix, like the 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 remake. I don't know why I can't. It's not as good to me. It doesn't hold up. But Gilmore Girls is just, just fantastic. So I, I never watched it, but it is something that I wish I did watch because I think I would have really liked it. I could see you liking it. It sounds like something... I mean, it's a mother-daughter relationship, right? But it's kind of yeah. just about life in general. Yeah. And it seems like... They both are like not perfect, right? It's like it's like the she's a single it? mother. Yeah, she's a single mother, and yeah, they're just kind of trying to get through life together, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So so good. I think I would like it. I mean, at this point, I can't, I can't commit I my life to it. So I get it. It's a shame. It is all on Netflix. If you ever want to keep an episode, I feel like yeah. you and Kate might have a nice day night. With the, with she she I know is a huge fan. Very nice. And my number one is The West Wind. It goes along the similar theme of Gilmore Girls in that it's very fast-talking, quick, clever dialogue written by my favorite writer, Aaron Sorkin, big Sorkin sucker. I, I watched this show my freshman year at UMass. I didn't know anybody. I didn't like have any friends. My roommate like didn't show up to college, uh, so I was living alone my, for my first year as a freshman. And I would just sit in my room and watch The West Wing. It was so... I. It, it made me literally change majors. So I was a political science major because of the West Wing. I was originally a psychology major. Just like educational, but also funny, well-written, great plot lines. Uh, I watched it after the fact. Like I didn't watch it while I was, while I was on air, but it was somehow I was able to like just go ram through shows. There like seven seasons of it. Hour-long shows. Unbelievable. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, so many great characters, President Bartlett, 
And it, it also just makes you now look at today's political system and our government now and, and just it's very, very sad. But what West happened? Wing, highly recommend it. What happened? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, so I've never watched it and that's another show I wish I can't, I, again, I can't, it was like at some point I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it and now there's just too much. I think I would have really liked it. I did watch a few seasons of The Newsroom, that Aaron Sorkin show yeah. on HBO and I liked it. I never finished it because again, too much, too much TV, but I actually thought, did you watch The Newsroom? Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows also. I thought that it, that first sequence of it with uh jeff daniel jeff daniels yeah jeff daniels. he's in the college yeah and saying like america is not the greatest country. i thought that was like one of the single best i mean maybe the best opening of a tv show i've ever watched I thought it, was, it was genius and great and I, I really i thought again kind of witty yeah it's like witty fast dialogue yeah. and i think a lot of people are critical of aaron sorkin but i think they also have never written a successful tv show themselves yeah. so there's that did you ever hear of this uh, show, Sun Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip? I've heard that's him, too. And there's a sports show that he did, right? Yeah, I never I, saw the sports show. I watched one episode of it once, actually for a class. I took, like, this, like, media class in college once, and we watched an episode of that, and I really liked it, but then I couldn't, like, find it anywhere, so. Yeah, I can't find that either. But yeah. Studio 60, I canceled after, like, two seasons. It was written by Aaron Sorkin. It's one of my favorite shows. I could do it probably a top nine on just all Aaron Sorkin stuff. I love everything he does. Including writing shows on Coke, Kane. Yeah, there's no Sorkin. It's tough to do a Sorkin reference. Bjorn Borkin. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. It's tough, but that's all right. That's a good. That's a good number one. Appreciate it. So I'll go. We have a completely different top three. No repeats. My number three is Breaking Bad. Nice. Did you ever watch it? Never watched it. Another one of those where. I think it falls in the category for everyone told me to watch it and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, so I think that is, out of these prestige shows, it was five seasons, and I think it was the only one that probably ended where it intended to. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted him to do more, Vince Gilligan, the creator, and I think he just said no. Hmm. It has, like, an ending, and I think it was the only one of these shows. I mean, a lot of them I haven't totally finished, but I think because it, it didn't, it just seemed like the same. Like Breaking Bad is one of the shows that I think it changes throughout the seasons. Like the mood of the show in the first two seasons is way different than, than the fifth. It's a, it's a full arc. And it's, I, I remember I watched, I, I binged it in the beginning. And then later, like the last two seasons, I watched in real time. But I remember in the beginning, I, I didn't understand. I thought it was well done, but I didn't understand why everyone was so obsessed with it. And then, there's one episode. That's, I think that's the problem when you watch the shows after the fact is you just start thinking like, why does everyone love this? Instead of enjoying the show for what it is, all I'm thinking is like, why does everyone go nuts? Like, it's fine. Why is everyone going nuts? Yeah, and then there was one episode that just turned me and then I couldn't stop watching it and couldn't even think about anything else. It was... Wow. It's just, it's also just such a specific weird world and it, you, you're fully in it. New Mexico, chemistry teacher who's kind of a failure but smarter and it just, it, it's, I think it's it's almost as perfect of a TV show as as one could be. Wow, high praise! But it's my number three because I didn't I never felt as strong of an emotional connection as I did with my number two and number one. Did you ever get into Better Call Saul? No, again, it's like I watched Breaking Bad. There's no people say it's well amazing, but 
I don't need more of that. I, I watched, it was unbelievably good. I feel like it's, I, I devoted my time to that sort of thing. And what, that's it. Breaking Brad Williams. Bill Burr was in Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah, he has like a semi-significant role towards the end. Well, I didn't know that. And Jesse Plemons. Jesse Pinkman? Jesse Pinkman's in it. But Jesse Plemons also in my number two, which is Friday Night Lights. Wow, Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens, Friday Night Lights. One never of the best. Never saw it either. Never saw it. So saw the movie, not the TV show. Movie was good. The TV show. I've, re- I've read the book. I've watched the movie. And I've seen the TV show. It's one of the few things of media where I think the TV show is miles better than the book. The book's good. But I thought the movie was the worst out of all three of them. But really? The movie, I like the movie. The movie's also very good. It's just a very strong story. The actors are great. Uh, Kyle Chandler as as coach. Taylor Kitsch as Tim Riggins is, I think, my favorite character. Just felt a very, very strong emotional connection with the show. Honestly, I feel like I haven't been as interested in the NFL since watching Friday Night Lights because I feel like Friday Night Lights is better than the NFL. <laughs> wow. It's, Just... al- it's also a show that does change over the years. It's only five seasons, and I think it, it, if it went longer, it would have been a little too much. I'm surprised I never got into it. I don't think I've ever watched any of it. I'm not really sure why. I think shows about high school are the best shows, too, that also focus on the parents a little bit because it, it kind of shows the, the internal struggle of trying to figure out who you are in a way that is relatable, but that also is very powerful. And, and in, in the case of Friday Night Night, it's very well done. Nice. And there's there's a few, especially in the first like two seasons. There's a few over dramatic elements that are like, oh, this is clearly a TV show, but they have fewer and fewer of that. And there's a reason that it has such a such a loyal following. Right. Is that scene that's in the movie in the TV show where they're in the state championship and the guys in the huddle like spider wide banana up for the state championship? I love all y'all. Not no, it's it's kind of it's it's a, it's a little different. Gotcha. But I mean, Matt Saracen is is my quarterback for sure. Not my quarterback. Smash is my running back. <laughs> you didn't watch it, so it, it, none of this is is useful. No. My number one, I don't think you're gonna see this coming at all. It is Freaks and Geeks. Wow, nice one. I have seen Freaks and Geeks. I love it. I think it's the best show in television history. It's my number one show one of the reasons is because it's only 18 episodes it has a perfect arc it also ends on an extreme cliffhanger and clearly they didn't intend to end it there but it is where it ends and one of the things that freaks and geeks i think now is known for it was the launching point for a number of yeah, very famous actors super- yeah james franco jason siegel seth rogan linda cardinelli um, Linda Carnelli is kind of the main she's the main character of the show and she is the perfect main character she kind of I think does as I talked about with Friday Night Lights represent the struggle of she's you know she's a she gets in the beginning of the show she gets good grades she's she's considered more of a nerd and then she tries to start hanging out with the cool kids it's a reaction to her grandmother dying initially but then she you know she kind of it's it's just about it's about her and really everyone in the show figuring out who they are amidst the craziness that is a, a typical high school. And yeah. James Franco plays like the bad boy and he is it's his best role, I think. 
I don't think there's any. It, he's unbelievable. Every, I mean, everyone is great in it. The whole cast is so good. Written by Judd Apatow. The episodes are very well done. The plot lines are really strong and believable. And I think it captures moments in an unbelievable way. There's one episode. I think it's the strongest episode. There's a party. And um, it's like an adult party. And like one of the... Uh, this, this character, Neil's older brother, comes back from college. And they're like Linda... Or not Linda. Uh, Lindsay. Linda Cardinelli's character she's like a junior I think she's a junior in high school and she sees this college guy and she, she kind of likes him but she's like okay I'm ready to move on I'm excited for the next chapter of my life if this is the type of people I could meet or the type of thing that I could right. could be in then at this party like the parents get drunk and it just captures like so who are like you know they're straight laced parents generally but they get drunk and it just like captures these really interesting moments in yeah. in life within the backdrop of a well-developed show with characters that you root for but also have their flaws and are just believable and it's great it's it's funny but it's also sad at times and and it was only great, 18 episodes great number one there's only yeah Mar- all, martin star martin star is amazing there's, so good there's a remember the moment he's like watching making the sandwich show after tv I think sitting it, on the ground yeah i think uh something with gary shanlin yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a really famous scene, and Judd Apatow has said it's like straight out of his life. Right. Yeah. Do you see? I think there was a documentary like about Freaks and Geeks that Judd Apatow made about like behind the scenes of how it got canceled and the making of it. I never watched it, but again, I I, I don't need to watch stuff like that. Like I think it was the perfect show, and it's it was very satisfying, and that's it. Yeah. But it's but it's pretty interesting to see how like a show like that has become a, such a cult hit at the time. Obviously, the executives at the network didn't get it, didn't didn't extend them, and just shows how like it doesn't always matter about the great content. Yeah, well, Sometimes. it was. I mean, it was ahead of its time, and it wasn't flashy. It you know, and yeah. it shows that. I mean, it shows that sometimes what might be considered great art doesn't always work in the economic model of the day. If you went towards the future i'd be interested to see like what the returns on freaks and geeks has been 20 years down the road because yeah there are shows that were on the air but i'm sure the whatever the streaming rights and and all that stuff i'm sure that that's been more than a lot of shows yeah and how often does a cast like that like like, how many members of the cast are now like a-list celebrities become huge stars yeah martin stars think dallas martin stars dallas martin stars by the time we release this might be in the stanley cup or the, the Islanders get bounced? By the time we release this, it seems likely. At the time we're recording this, they're down 3-1. to one. Gotcha. The Lightning, who they're playing, are very good. I think they're the best team left. And making the conference finals is a good achievement for the Islanders. But you don't like to lose a, a series in five games. I think if you lose a series in six games, then you could be okay with it. Five games feels like it five was never close. Too quick. Too quick. Yeah. Too fast, too quick. Too furious. Bingo. Should we reveal our, our predictor's predictions? Let's reveal our predictor's predictions. I'll go first. I'll reveal Phil Jackson's picks. I think we had a good list. I think a lot of the shows, like, neither of us had, like, The Office or, like, Parks right. and Rec, you know? Seinfeld. Yeah, neither of us had Seinfeld. I never, I don't do Seinfeld, or I don't not do Seinfeld. I like Seinfeld, and I like Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I also feel like it's, like, it feels more like real life. It's just, like, it's just, like, me and you talking. It's kind of Seinfeld. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. 
like Seinfeld's good to have on like, in the background, just kind of, of just like uh, uh, if you have people over, it's mostly on the TV. It's not the sports on drawing Seinfeld. Exactly. Yeah, it feels less television than just Larry David figuring out how to capture something yeah. in a way that is profitable. I mean, it's obviously incredible, but it's Seinfeld. Yeah, it's its own universe. Yeah. All right, so this is Phil Jackson. Phil says, what a week for predictions. The vast array of television that has sprung up in this age of streaming has really created an uphill battle for my triangle offense. With that said, I'll amend my triangle to go rectangular this week, so I'm strategically positioned for television posts. What the fuck? Jesse is a chameleon. With influence that has not that not only has been chiseled out of Broadway fanfare, but includes some staples in the cable television era. I predict wow, he'll take, I predict he'll take it back to the classics, but I expect a bloodbath this week. <laughs> not sure I'll be Nick swishing my shots on this round. Nice. Without nice further one. ado, so he's got Chappelle Show. I I love Chappelle Show. I just, it wasn't something, I, I, I would watch the certain sketches. I, I wasn't appointment television for me. It's a good, it's a good guess. I can see where he's coming from. It's iconic. I love Chappelle's show, but I wasn't a diehard fan. Yeah, I think, I've, I never really watched it when it was on, but I've watched a bunch, you know, after yeah. the fact. Some of the sketches are obviously amazing, but I never watched it in the, in the time. And I also think his stand-up is so amazing. Yeah. That I like his stand-up. There's so, some unbelievable sketches. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, then, uh, last comic standing? Come on. No, he did not. He did. Phil, what are you thinking? That is ha- that is hack. He, oh, he, I'm a stand-up, so I watch what? Phil, I, I'm always all, usually all praise for Phil. That is, that's hack, whack. Last comic standing? You gotta be kidding me. What are you gonna say, American Idol next? So last comic standing, Phil. What? The next one is my favorite, and you don't, you didn't have it, but I was really wishing you did. Ray Donovan. <laughs> my dad loves Ray Donovan. That's so random. <laughs> From last comic standing to Ray Donovan, I enjoy it. I. I, I've seen like a few episodes of the first season. It was fine. Definitely not in my top nine. My dad loves Ray Donovan. Billy Donovan. But, uh, <laughs> that's I, so random. I, I wonder I, why I guess that. I don't know. But I, I said actually when I commented back to him that I didn't peg you to be a Ray Donovan guy. So I was really interested to see if you watched it. But it, it, it does feel like a dad show. I, yeah. I'd love to know why he pegged me. I love Liev Schreiber. Maybe because maybe he thinks I'm a big Liev guy. Liev. Or maybe a John Boyd guy. Right. That so, is, that's crazy. So then he's got Dave. Great show. Love Dave. Not my top nine, but I absolutely love it. Little Dickie's FX show. Really, really funny. I've heard really good things about it, but I haven't. Probably one of my favorite pandemic shows that came out during COVID. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things, but I probably won't watch it, to be honest. That's fair. That's a good guess, Phil. Way to redeem yourself after last comment standing right on it. Then he's got Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's, it's it's up there. I like Curb. I haven't watched it in the last three seasons. I'm not a diehard Curb guy. I love Larry David, but it's not it's not in my top nine. I it's it's fine. Yeah, 
That's sometimes, like, it depends on my mood. I need to get in a good mood to watch it. Sometimes it can agitate me. I feel that Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, they almost feel like they're not TV to me. It's like this yeah. other, it's just like how to take comedy and cap, like capitalize on it. Like just like, just like, ex, like express it in this really, it's like just like a tight structure and tight jokes is what I think Curb is. Yeah. Then. This is starting to come a bloodbath, Bill. <laughs> this is this is gonna really open up the the floodgates. Golden Girls. <laughs> I mean, now he's poking the bear. Phil, he now he's trying to provoke me. He's really. I don't like where he's going with this. He's starting to get too high on his horse. He's taking this segment a little too far. Phil, I don't like this. Well, Golden Girl, he's coming. I don't like that one bit, Phil. That's 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 mean spirited. Well, once he takes it too far, he knows when to rein it back in and. His final guess is the West Wing. There it is. That's my guy. Phil Jackson knows me. Oh, big, big relief there. Big sigh of relief. Jeez Louise. Golden Girls, last comic standing, Ray Donovan. He comes in at the last second with the West Wing. I'm surprised he missed that on Gilmore Girls. Maybe he got Golden Girls and Gilmore Girls confused. But. I can see that. In a previous era, before I kind of really knew about Gilmore Girls, I kind of got them confused too. Okay. And then... That, that's fair. Very happy he got the West Wing down. I was my blood pressure was going up when he, if he didn't get that. Then his bonus. Way to come through, Phil. His bonus oh. is you didn't have either either of these, but I thought they're good guesses. Bonus: Double Dare or Legends of the Hidden Temple. Very 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 nice. Love those both. Love them both. Double Dare, absolutely nuts. He also this is a hot take from Phil Jackson. He says he refuses to guess, to guess Game of Thrones because. The show is the most overrated show in the history of the rectangular offense. I agree with that. I watched that the first like three or four seasons when I was in college because everyone was watching it. And I enjoyed the first three seasons, but then I just couldn't keep track. And I, it's so overrated. Storyline is impossible to keep track of the different characters. I just, uh, and I, it almost made me happy that the last season everyone hated it and said it was like universally terrible. Yeah, that I had the same experience, and I had a. I, I mean, I was a huge Game of Thrones person. Like the first season, I thought was amazing, and second and third, I I was like big gung ho Game of Thrones person. And then at some point between the maybe the third and the fourth, it's exhausting. I got exhausted. I I just didn't watch an episode one week, and then I just never watched it again. Yeah, and I think that was a big inflection point for me, in terms of TV, where it's like. Number one, this stuff is exhausting. Number two, it's not adding much to your life after a certain point. Like, I got the show. It was just devolving into obnoxiousness. Yeah. And just because something's a cultural institution doesn't mean you have to follow it. Right. Yeah. The, the writers got this, too. Didn't they, they were writing Star Wars the last season, and then they were writing the last season at the same time? They got too big for their britches. I think they were writing Last Comic Standing. That, that really... I, I, I don't want to go back in time. Last Comic Standing. Who, who ever says that's their favorite show? Last Comic Standing? Might be Phil's last time predicting. Wow, that's, that's a great no, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just getting riled up. Pat Riley, I'm fine. You got the West Wing. You got Gilmore Girls of Jason. Kate did very well in her predictions. She, I believe, only missed out on two. She was nervous so. because she said that there's a lot of TV. And also, it's interesting because we watch, like, we watch Chop together. Yeah. And we, we don't, but TV is becoming more and more. And, you know, there was a lot of shows before we met. 
but TV is becoming more and more of a solo endeavor in a lot of exactly. ways. Like we kind of don't really like we watch stuff separately for sure. And I think a lot of households at this point do that. Yeah. Cause you, you don't, you don't, unless you have a, a set time every night to watch something, you're doing stuff on your own schedule and it's, it's tough to, you know, not skip ahead or watch another episode while someone's behind. Yeah, exactly. And we prefer to like watch like chopped or something. And we've actually been watching, watching hockey together. I have a, a new hockey fan in, in my house. Very nice. Yeah. I think she's going to be very pleased with how she did. Very relieved. Kate did a great job. Here we go. She picked SpongeBob. Bang. Bang. And she said, maybe Family Guy. No, maybe there, Kate. You nailed it. Freaks and Geeks. Bang. Got him. Friday Night Lights. Bang. Bingo. Seinfeld. Bang. But we, we talk about Seinfeld. We don't yeah. consider it TV. The Wire. So this is an interesting one, and I was pretty sure she would pick it, and I loved it. I think it's an amazing show. Almost too good of a show. I the, My issue with it is more the way I watched it. So I watched it when I was like 20 years old, and I watched it as entertainment. It field removed to me. like And over the years, and I've been... So I've done a show in in Baltimore for the past few years, and to get there, you drive through... I believe it's East Baltimore, and it is heartbreakingly sad uh this area it's like the worst area of anywhere i've ever been to like just just devastating just every you know buildings burnt out boarded up it's just like you look at it at like that area and you you think like how what is what is even the first step of of making this area livable and, and people who live here like kind of able to even have a any sort of chance at life and i when i watched the wire I, I viewed it more as entertainment and right. I think that my perception, like it, you know, it didn't seem, I, I didn't, I didn't connect with the really sad reality. human, yeah, the reality and the human element and, uh, you get that. yeah. So I personally have like, you enjoy the content, but it's not like something that you look back on being like, that. Was I, I think I watched it and I took, when I, when I watched it, I didn't take away the right lessons. Gotcha. I think I watched it as an entertainment cultural prestige thing when the lesson you should take away from it is this is what this, this is country is and this is yeah. what's going on. And I mean, it's well, it's unbelievably well done. I know David Simon like employed basically a lot of people like who lived in Baltimore and are from the areas that the show is about. And I, like the show is incredibly well done. He also did a show called Treme uh, about like post Katrina New Orleans that I thought yeah, I was just as good. One. It, but it's it's they're, they're, it's almost a documentary. It's it's a different thing, um, and I think I would have had it honestly like number one or number two. But I, I kind of have a little bit of, you know, I just wasn't at a, yeah. That's fair. Then she has BoJack Horseman. So I think she's gonna be surprised. I don't have this on my list, but this is like the first two or three seasons. Unbelievable. It's probably number ten. First two or three seasons, I thought unbelievable. The, the jokes, the bits. But then, again, it was just a little bit too long by, like, the fourth or fifth, six, I think it's six seasons. I liked it, but it just felt a little bit self-congratulatory, kind of, it felt like the same thing. And the first three seasons were incredible. And then... I saw the first season of BoJack, and I absolutely loved it. I don't remember why I stopped, but, yeah, the jokes, 
so funny. Jokes are so funny. The themes it deals with are really powerful. But again, if it, if it was like three seasons, it would have been perfect. But it, it kind of just kept going, I think, in a way. And then a lot of the bits, it just felt like it was the writers showing off how smart they were. And maybe that's just me reading into it, knowing a little bit about, you know, comedy writing and, and how you get into something like that. But right. yeah. Then she had The Sopranos, nailed it, and then lost. Nailed yeah. it. Very strong predictions. I think she only missed three out of, like, nine. Yeah, impressive. Very impressive. The other ones are ones that, you like you said, you, you, you enjoy that just didn't crack your, your favorite top nine. Exactly. No, nothing out of left field like Last Comic Stand. <laughs> no. Or Golden Girls. <laughs> Phil... If you didn't have Phil didn't have the West Wing in there, I'd be sit, having a nice sit down with Phil Jackson and might send him back to Montana. Interesting, interesting. You got any ads? I do got an ad. So this week, as with many weeks in the future, we are sponsored sponsored by Big Apple Box. Big Apple Box. Do you like bagels and locks? Did you attend the School of Hard Knocks? Well, if you answered yes or no to either of those questions, you'll love Big Apple Box. Big Apple Box is a subscription box that will send you quality of life items that support local businesses around New York City. Each season, you'll get a themed basket of goodies, treats, and other good stuffaluffaguses made by <laughs> community builders and mom and pop shops delivered straight to your door. Go to BigAppleBox.com, sign up for our email list, and enter for a chance to win our very first box totally free. Big Apple Box, just as good, even better maybe, than Jesse's TikToks. Oh, wow! Shots fired on the ad. I'm excited for Big Apple Box. Do you have any plan yet of when the first shipments are going to go out? Working hard on it. It seems like it's going to be pretty soon. Making kind of solidifying everything, making sure it's as as good to go. But should be should be relatively soon. Very nice. Yeah, sign up for the uh, the email list. Yeah, just go to BigAppleBox.com and you'll see what it's all about. Beautiful. We also have another advertisement from a new restaurant. Do you love political dramas and also love buffalo sauce? Try out the West Wing's Buffalo Wings. At the West Wing Buffalo Wing Restaurant, you will be able to watch any episode of the West Wing from any seven seasons of the show. Seven seasons of the West Wing means we also have seven different seasonings for our wings. From our succulent sorkin sauce to our Josh Lyman lemon pepper wings, you're not going to be able to get enough. Come on down to the West Wing's Buffalo Wings for a spicy situation room. Um, that's a great sponsor. H- happy to have wings on board. Yeah. I've, ever, and also a great place for a first date, I would say. I would recommend. Ever since you've talked about Buffalo Wild Wings, I've really been craving wings. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram. I I think I saw that too. And I was like, now I really want wings. I was, it, was, we got, it was me and my one, one of the friends. We got four pounds of boneless wings. Are you and we you're probably a boneless each guy? had like three wings each and took home the rest of it. It was insane. You're a boneless guy? At this place. This place, The Hangar. Okay. Uh, they, they specialize in, in boneless. Okay. I, I, it depends on the place for me. I, li- I like bone and boneless. I like them both. I think, though, I think boneless is an adolescent move, generally. <laughs> but I could appreciate it. If a place is known for their boneless, you got it. You you go for the boneless. You gotta go. I mean, th- these are one of the juiciest boneless wings. And sometimes I don't want to get messy. Gotta sometimes go. I just want to. I want to have all the joys of a buffalo wing without the 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 bone the, the bony sauce load my fingers. 
Gotta go to Bones. Gotta go to Bones. Bone Dells. Bone Dells. So we've already answered this question twice, but it is <laughs> the question that we've had since last week that we've answered, but those episodes are lost. So we're going to answer it one more time. This question is from Razorback Lance's pet dog. And the question, it's a good one. I think a good top nine for you guys could be top nine cuts of meat. I won't ruin Sierra that category. So instead I'll ask what cut of meat do you think is the most overrated or even QAB? Great question. Having a bit of deja vu here, Lance, but I, I my, I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like I have a scripted answer now, but I'm just gonna give it as give it as I say it. I believe that the most people think that filet mignon is the worst cut of meat or the most overrated cut of meat. I'm a big fan of filet mignon. I think it's juicy and tender. To me, the worst cut of meat is the tenderloin. I don't really eat tenderloin that often. I find it very the texture very weird to like chewy, but also like soft, very fatty. I don't like, like the way it looks. It's sometimes like stuffed in bread, wrapped around in dough. Tenderloin, it's a good district in the city and in San Francisco, but it's not a good cut of meat to me. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good answer. I do agree. <laughs> I do agree with you. A lot of people do think that filet mignon burgundy is, is the answer here. I'm not sure if it is. I do think it could be overrated in some ways, but I'm going to go with what I've said the past two times that no one has heard. So I dare I say, I think the chicken leg is a tad overrated. That's not to say you could have a good, uh, uh, amazing, a Lake Superior chicken leg, but sometimes, you know, especially if I'm roasting a chicken, I think it's the weakest link goodbye of, of, the, of the chicken. You know, you got like, Carl Malone, you know, the, the chicken breast, you got John Stockton, the chicken wing, but then you got this leg oyster tag, and it's not on the same caliber as, as the other parts of the chicken sometimes. Honestly, the, just answering this question three times is worth getting to leg oyster tag. I think it's, it's probably going to be the episode title. It's, you can't beat leg oyster tag. I don't agree that the chicken leg is the worst or the worst cut of meat. I'm, I'm a big chicken leg fan. Chicken Greg leg Greg the legs airline. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's uh, special when you if you're sharing a roasted chicken and somehow you get your hands on a leg. I love eating fi- with my fingers if it's not too saucy. Um, chicken leg to me, it's, it's I'm never disappointed. Yeah, I'm. We actually have a chicken that we just bought in our fridge and gonna roast it tomorrow. So I'll let you know how it goes. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. All right, so let's let's keep this moving. Let's uh, get on to our final segment, questionable at best slash was that a joke? Is that a QAB? I'll get on base. My is that a QAB is rusty old bathroom locks that are on the doors. One of my biggest fears in life, probably my biggest fear in life, is getting locked in a bathroom in like back of a restaurant, back of a basement back of a comedy club i've had many experiences of getting i almost feel like i've done this before on the podcast but i i I get such panic when i can't undo the latch of a bathroom door i don't understand why these places don't invest in like a simple 
improved way to lock the door. Sometimes I don't even lock the door of the bathroom just because I don't want to give myself heart palpitations. Bathroom door locks, especially the rusty ones, they're QAB. It's not worth getting scared over. The worst experience I ever had was that beauty bar in the back. In the comedy room, there's a bathroom back there. And it was during a show. And I, before my set, I went to the bathroom. And I got legitimately locked in this bathroom. Um, I had to, like... I had to like reset, I had to like calm myself down. I had to like reset myself, tell myself to breathe so I could like figure out how to get myself out. One of the worst feelings in the world. Because then the other option is to start pounding at the door, start screaming, or you have to call the place to open you up. I think it goes back to trauma I had of being locked in my bedroom. And they had to call the fire department to unlock me out. And it was like a simple unlock job. But QAB is just these door locks. Well, I'm glad that. You talked long enough to get to the root of the problem, which was the childhood trauma, and I'm glad we could we could work that out on the pod. That's, that's, yeah, that's that's therapy. You but got to it. I do agree with you. It is questionable at best. Some of these some of these locks, Jake Locker, it's not G-lock. it's not the best. I have had a few close calls in my day, and the the wheels start turning. They say it's horrible. It, it is horrible. One time I remember I was in Denmark actually studying abroad. And I accident. This is not a bathroom lock, but I accidentally opened the door to like a hallway that was the wrong door. And then I went back to reopen the door, and it was locked. And I was oh. literally locked there. And I just pounded on the door for like five minutes, and then luckily someone came by. But I was oh. I was I was planning out my life. Yeah, there's I nothing said, worse when you're alone in that kind of situation. It's brutal. You're so helpless. Brutal cadoodle. Yeah. Yeah, you hate to see that, and I could I could sympathize with that. So my QAB is a little specific, but I think where I end up, you're going to sympathize with. So the Premier League soccer started this past weekend, and generally it is aired on NBC Sports. You pay for NBC Sports. It's a cable channel, and it doesn't, you know, it's not on NBC. It's not on a basic cable. It's on a, you know, the same way you might pay for an ESPN. So they air pretty much all the games. When there are two games on at the same time, you used to have to get this NBC Sports Gold package to be able to watch, similar to NFL Sunday tickets. Say, say you're a you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you live in New York and they're not airing the Chiefs game and you want to watch that, you pay extra. Same sort of thing with the Premier League. However, they recently launched Peacock NBC. You've right. you've seen this, right? I am familiar. And now they launched Peacock Premium. So you have to pay for Peacock Premium if you want to watch these extra games, which I'm okay with. I understand if there's two games on at the same time and you want to watch the one that's not aired, you should subscribe to something extra. That makes sense to me. But clearly what they're doing in order to get people to sign up for this Peacock Premium is this past Sunday, Tottenham, the team I like, was on at 1130. No other game was on at 1130. They aired it on Peacock. To Yikes. force people to sign up, so now I got to pay live on Peacock. It was live, but it was streamed. It you had to. It was only aired on their streaming service on NBC Sports. They had like some sort of race. No, one, you know, something no one cared about. Some That's like tough. stock car racing or something that no one was watching. And I mean, it's it's QAB. You, you pay for NBC Sports, so you could get this. There's nothing on, and they're making you pay for something else. I'd That's be happy tough. to pay for it if. There was two things on that were competing, but this is not the case. It was just a pure capitalistic move that 
shows that the bottom line is the bottom line and people are just pawns in this this scheme i i can sense and i can uh relate to your frustration i don't think you would ever do this but if you ever wanted to go down this avenue i can sometimes if there's a sports event that i can't find on some on streaming there's a lot of bootleg reddit stream links that i could point you towards that you can, if you want to watch something online you could find it yeah, I'm more of a, you know, a by the law Byron Russell, not so much of a bootleg Ostertag. <laughs> bootleg Ostertag, come back around. All right, I, I didn't think you would. It's almost similar to highway traffic jams going up the exit lane. But I, I the, the online world is it's the wild, wild west. And now that but they, these big companies th- are figuring that, out that streaming. Is, that is a move where I don't think a bootleg Ostertag is... I think in a lot of situations it's unjustifiable. I don't think it's unjustifiable in that situation. Because you, you, you didn't want be, you end up not watching the game. No, I I, I paid for it, and I'm going to pay because there there are going to be there are going to be times this year where I will need to presumably. But yeah, I paid for it. Good for you. Well, I would have. If, if, if it was just this one, web. if it was just this one game, I wouldn't have. But I imagine there'll be at least like ten games that I'll end up watching on it. So yeah, tough sledding. Tough sledding. Did, did they win? No. Yikes! That's that's gonna leave a sour taste. Yeah. All right, that was a good QAB. Should good. bring in the closer. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to you. I because you did it, but they didn't hear it, right? No one heard it. No one heard it except for me, and it was beautiful. So we're gonna do it again. You're gonna bring in the closer. A one, a two. Yeah, unbelievable. I'm out of a job. <laughs> it's, I was inspired, you know? It's a, it was a rare opportunity. Last week, the world couldn't hear me. I hope this week... The world here's my my closer theme song. You got any uh, anything to plug? Just want to plug uh, the West Wing Buffalo Wing Restaurant and uh, follow me on social media at J I J E I G S on all social media. Same thing. That's big. I just want to plug or send us questions, which you can email us at brazebits at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at brazebits. Again, one more time, brazebits at gmail.com or DM us at brazebits on Instagram. That's it. We appreciate all the Brazerbacks. We apologize for last week. It was a little bit out of our hands. But we tried our best. We tried our Travis best. We tried to bring it to you, but sometimes the internet gods, they don't have a... We're on the same page. Yeah, sometimes I say, what if the internet gods were one of us? And they they dropped the ball, the Lonzo ball. But that's okay. We're back. Maybe this lack of episode will create demand for this one. So uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, gonna, we're committed to, to keep keeping on cooking. Exactly. Keep on cooking. Keep on cooking in the good world. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace.